Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner, and tonight I'm joined by special guest Chris Enghauser for some wild, unsolicited opinions about Little Feet. Now, Chris, I'm going to introduce you to our very besties, and I don't know quite how to do this because I don't know of anyone outside of my family who has had more of an impact on the direction of my life than you. I'll just tell the very besties, Chris was the bassist and original founding member of the little band that we were in back when we were kids, starting maybe age 15 and 16 back in Northern Virginia. Chris is, he's not a total amateur making wild proclamations. He is a professional bassist. He, like the rest of the members of that band, went on to um, have careers as professional musicians, unlike myself. And so thank you so much for coming on, Chris. It's good to have you, man. Oh, greetings. Yeah, we got an early start, man. <laughs> in, in the Music and Arts Center, sitting there playing Funky Dung. Funky Dung, a and that was... Pink Floyd song. And, and I can't not... I can't not think of that. Every time I see the album, Adam Hart Mother, I think about that. It was a, one of those moments in life that you never forget, you know? Yeah, what a weird, what a weird album, too. <laughs> I'm sure that's down the list on what you're going to be doing on your podcast here. Well, let's see. In a couple of weeks now, it hasn't dropped yet, but in a couple of weeks here, our episode on the Pink Floyd album, Animals, will go live. So Okay. Look forward to hearing that. All right, so I'm going to set the table. This is a three-by-three episode. Chris, you'll have three. You're going to be the actual official host. So I get to go first, right? No, actually, you have to go last because you're going to make the final say. Okay. Now, wait, before we start, I want you to make a prediction. How many of the songs that are in your top six list do you think will overlap with the songs in my top six list? I've done a lot of thinking about this, trying to predict <laughs> what you might pick. And, I, and I've got an idea what you might have picked. Really? Do you want to? Because usually I'm the one who makes predictions that turn out to be wrong. I think you might go a little uh, more obscure. We're going to see. I predict... Let's see, I think you'll probably go away from the mainstream a little okay, bit. Okay, let me answer your question. I'm going to say at least two of them. Yeah, I think you're right. We're going to overlap at least. Let's two. find out. Start with the, your number three pick, and then we'll play it, and then we'll see if it overlaps. What do you got? What's your song? Okay, we're covering this, this whole band. Okay, this is <laughs> just a daunting task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my first pick that I'm going to pick now is going to be the song... Or close to the song that brought me in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Rock and Roll Doctor. The Feast Don't Fail Me Now record, which is the uh, George Washington and Marilyn Monroe going down the highway, right? Great, crazy album cover. There was a woman in Georgia, didn't feel just right. She had fever all day and chilled the night. Now, we grew up in Northern Virginia. I know you said that you don't think of Little Feet as Southern rock. No, I don't. I was thinking about that and thought, mm, probably Chris is wrong, but the more I read about Little Feet in prepping for this, and the more I think about it, they're definitely not Southern rock. If they're Southern 
at all, then it's more like New Orleans, which I think of yes. as a totally different... It's a totally different thing. That's exactly right. They were from California. That's weird, man. I didn't even know that. They're from L.A., and they, uh, they just had their biggest following out here in D.C. and in the South. To me, Southern Rock is a finite list, man. It's <laughs> Almond Brothers, Skinner, Molly Hatchet, Blackfoot, Outlaws, you know, I don't know who else. But that very specific thing, Little Feet is not part of that in any re- regard. I don't know if, if any of those bands are on our, like, big list. So maybe what we can do... And, and not to say that Little Feet is Southern Rock, but maybe you can be like our Southern Rock um, <laughs> expert because we have a hip hop expert that comes in and gives us hip hop oh, nice. bands sometimes. Yeah, I've had this argument before and, uh, and I was reading up on Little Feet a little bit and I saw the term Southern Rock come up a couple of times. <laughs> but when they reformed for the third record, Dixie Chicken record, they got the guys from New Orleans. Right. They got Kenny Gradney and Paul Barrere and Sam Clayton, and they reformed the band with New Orleans guys. Now, did they do it in L.A. with New Orleans guys, or did they, like, all their music and all that Robert Palmer stuff that uh, yes. old George, we call him the, uh, the guy from Michigan, the sort of creative, influential force of the band, Lowell George is the guy from Michigan in this band. And I just figured that he had all the control and all the direction, musically and otherwise. Well, he did, but they all contributed songs. And in the in the very end, right before he died, he disbanded the band. You know, he quit the band right at the end. All right, well, since you went to Feats Don't Fail Me Now, that actually kind of, does that change my stuff? Had you picked that one at all anywhere on your list? There was a Feats Don't Fail Me Now song. It's, it's not in my top three. In fact, it's not even in my top six. I've got a lot of songs that I love. There's a lot of songs that you love. You, you spent some time with Little Feet at some point? I've spent a lot of time with Little Feet, and I'll, t- I'll talk a little more about that in a minute uh, when I do like my second and first picks, because okay. they are songs that I play on guitar all the time. Hmm. And I treat them like a little medley one after the other each time. I'm dying to hear. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not going to do those yet. Instead, instead from Sailing Shoes, okay. I'm going to play Cold, Cold, Cold. Ooh, there's an overlap right there. Yeah, good. What a great guitar noise. What a record this is. It's so oddball. love the drums too you know my daughter we call her the beast she's a drummer i maintain a playlist i've got like a million playlists chris and i'm always talking about them on the podcast and one of them is beast drum songs songs that either i or she has said oh my god those are great drums it would be cool to play that one time this song is on there it's such a groovy Oh, hey. 
got that raspy singing style. You know, this was Jimmy Page's favorite American band, right? Yeah. Yeah, this was high on my list. Good. Did I get into your top three? Uh, no. I wonder if one of the reasons I love this song so much is that it's one of those that I sing inside my head up here in Maine. I know you live down in Georgia somewhere near Atlanta. Where do you live? Yeah, Athens, Georgia. Well, up here in Maine, it gets cold a lot. And so if I'm outside and it's cold and I'm thinking about that, the song comes into my head all the time. Man, I do too, man. <laughs> and the slide stuff. Was Sam Clayton in the band? No. Okay. This was the first first band, quartet. Check this out. I love the harmonies here. Check it out. Yeah. And he played all those horns. Gold George did? Yeah. Guitar and saxophone with Frank Zappa. You know that, right? Yeah. He was he was in Frank Zappa's band. And I can't think of a better band to get kicked out of than Frank Zappa's band. No. He got kicked out. Yeah. He said, yeah, go start your own van. I love that you picked this tune. I think you must have given me this album. By given, I don't mean physically, although you might well have <laughs> given me the album. All right, so we've both had one pick. Or oh, no, wait. Yeah, we each had one. Didn't I go first? Oh, we went a- out of order. Oh, we, we did go out of it's order. It's okay. All right, but that means I get to go again. Oh my God, I get to go again. I thought for sure you'd finish because... Uh... The guest would go first, so. Well, guest gets to go last and declare the very best song. But I like that too, yeah. Okay, so my second pick then, and I'm going to jump right into it, is also from Dixie Chicken, and it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Maybe this should have been my number one pick, but I'm going to choose it for my number two pick. Uh-oh. Roll em Easy. Ooh, nice. See, you are, you are going a little, uh, yeah. <laughs> you say you play this one? Yeah, although he plays this, I think, with a very strange tuning and in E. Yeah. Oh, I am just a vagabond, a drifter on the run. I play it in D with a drop D tuning. You know, the drop D that we used to do so much when we were in the band together. Yeah, we love to drop that D. (laughs) And I have dined in palaces, drunk wine with kids. Very underrated singer. Love this. And the, the lyrics are great, too. Yeah. Now, it's slide, right? It's not steel guitar. He did all that on his Fender. He had a big socket wrench. That was his thing. It was all on the Fender. Regular guitar slide. 
Lowell George and Little Fee are not anywhere on any of the lists. Best band, best artist, no. best albums, best not songs. Not even Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a huge, huge oversight, especially with Lowell George as a guitarist. So instead of having a quiz about it, I thought maybe you and I could work together to figure out where Lowell George should be in the Their Very Best Official Guitarists Hall of Fame. Jeff Beck is at the top of the list over Jimi Hendrix. We had a Hendrix episode. It was our second episode. I'd back that. And so where should Lowell George fit in that list? Well, Lowell George had a lot of respect from the guitar world for all his crazy tunings and his groove ability. And he wasn't like a phenomenal guitar player, but he was very creative and very groove-oriented. And the guitar world loves him. Got a horse, you flag, and I'll beat your drum. Let me tell you who else is in there. Third on my list is Mark Knopfler, another Brit. Andy Summers from The Police is number four. Pete Towns in number five. All these bricks. Gosh, George Harrison. Yeah, where is Eddie Van Halen on that list? And Steve Ray Vaughan. We haven't covered Van Halen yet. I put, so this is only the bands, the, uh, the artists, the guitarists that have been okay, covered. Okay, that you've covered so far. This guy, Captain Kirk Douglas from The Roots is really good. I've got him in number seven. And then Keith Richards and Lenny Kravitz after that. Well, that's an extensive list. I'm tempted with Lowell George to look high up the list. So, you know, Mark Knopfler, do we think he's better than Mark Knopfler? That's tough. No, no, not as far as a technical guitar player. No, Mark Knopfler is a freak of a guitar player. Definitely ahead of Pete Townsend. Yeah. Maybe ahead of Andy Summers. Let's, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out and I'll, I'll place him in there somewhere. But Lowell George needs to be in the mix because that sound. And way later, Bonnie Raitt, who of course played with Little Feet a bunch, she had that huge hit using that Lowell George sound, that sound of that slide on that strat. Okay, I was a little worried when you mentioned uh, the Dixie, Dixie Chicken. Chicken right? You got something from Dixie Chicken? Yes. This is one of my favorite Little Feet songs, and I'm also picking it because my daughter, okay, she's she's way into music. And she knows everything. Everything about everybody. She did a lot of that on her own. I hipped her to some stuff. And I didn't mention Little Feet from here and there, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people, <laughs> it takes them a while to come around to Little Feet, or they just don't hear it, or they don't get it. Sometimes you don't want to learn it from your parent. Yeah, that's right, that too. And I got a text from her, just out of the blue, unsolicited one day, and it said, Two Trains by Little Feet is badass. <laughs> easy, easy, they got the, the percussionist, the background singers, the new bass player. I'm one hide my love behind the lock and key. Little Roads happening. Who plays the keys, do you know? Bill Payne. Amazing piano player. to say that to me she's listened to it she's listened to the lyrics she's found out what the song's about the groove and everything chris what's wild to me about this pick is that 
I totally endorse it. And I've got four other songs that are that I would pick above it. That tells you something about how great this album is. What a funky band. So this was all recorded in L.A., you think? I think this was recorded in the South somewhere. We should find that out. But Feast No Family Now is recorded in Baltimore. There's such a like D.C. area Yeah, it's a weird band, D.C. area you know? band. Okay, so we've only overlapped on the one. And I got to warn you, I'm going to go a little pedestrian on this thing. But I can't help it. It is... Mm, I don't know, Roll Em Easy might be my favorite, but I can't, I mean, the most iconic is definitely Willin. The version from Sailing Shoes is the one that I like, and I have a version of this that I play on guitar, but I always play Willin into Roll Em Easy every time. I don't know why. I've been warped by the rain, driven by the snow, I'm drunk and dirty, don't you know, and I'm still... The original Will it is really just raw, man. Yeah, it's raw and it's, it's not so as good. raw. No, it's not as good. It's almost it's not, not as good. good. Alice. Dallas Alice. And I've been from Tucson to Dugum Carey. He goes up into a different register to sing the chorus there. I love that. He's got a range, man. And he's a very high range. He wrote this and a whole bunch of other songs while he was working at a gas station in California somewhere. Probably Valley. Yeah. A truck stop. Weed, white sand, white. So many of his songs are just about drugs, man. Just straight up. <laughs> he loved partying, man. Yeah, maybe a bit too much. A little bit too much. Died in our hometown, or nearby, Arlington, Virginia, and um, 34 years old. Gosh, yeah. 79. I love this. Now, that's steel guitar, not slide. Yes, that is steel. Been kicked by the wind, robbed by the sleet, had my head stoved in, but I'm still on my feet, and I'm still willing. I love singing this. Smuggles and smokes and folks from Mexico. Probably their most famous song, right? What'd you say? Yeah, or like Fat Man, Bathtub, or Dixie Chicken, one of those that are a little silly. I think maybe taking a page out of the Zappa playbook play for humor rather than genuine emotion. I think among those in the know, this is definitely the most favorite and most famous. Driven the back road so I wouldn't get weed. And if you give me weed, white sand, <laughs> What a chorus, man. Give me weed, whites, and wine. I'll be willing. I'll be willing. <laughs> Can't believe I got to play all three of my favorites. I guess we've overlapped a little bit, but we haven't stolen any of each other's material, apparently, unless one of my three was in your was your very best song. No, but I will say that 
That was one prediction I had that you would pick Willing. Okay. <laughs> because pedestrian? Uh, I don't know if it's pedestrian. I, I don't think any of this stuff is pedestrian. Definitely no, not. It's, yeah. Well, I was going to say maybe I'm going to be pedestrian on my next choice. Ooh. Well, so this is the last one, right? This is number six? Well, before we do that, this is the this will be the last one, but I do need to make a... Um, so I've got a thing where past guest hosts can call up and leave a message with their favorite with their favorite songs of the artists that we're recording. One of our frequent guest hosts, Tim Lindbergh, um, he made a call for, and I don't have the audio for it, but he made a call for Fat Man in the Bathtub, the live one from Waiting for Columbus. And this album, of course, recorded in our neighborhood at Lisner. Right, Lisner Auditorium. One of the greatest rock albums ever. Well, it's so funky. It's so funky and it's so disguised with all this groove and slide. It's a three-chord song. Yeah, it feels way more complex. And I think that's New Orleans working for you. A lot of, a lot of spices in the gumbo. <laughs> yeah. That's enough of that. That was Tim Lindbergh's call for... That was high on my list. Okay, good. All right, Chris. Now it is time for you to declare their very best song. Okay. I'm going to declare and to uh, finish out my thought is my first one was uh, the album that brought me in. And then the two trains was something that Audrey, I think it might the first song that made her stop to listen right brought her in to let her in that's right and so the most iconic absolute iconic little feet song off that record is the dixie chicken live dixie chicken now this was recorded in london it says rainbow theater london uk yeah, well, they used some of the tracks from Lisner, and they combined some. There's some argument, I understand, from where exactly some of them were recorded. But it's from the same concert series. You know, I have a an ongoing discrepancy between Bill and myself. And he's always choosing the live versions of songs. And I lean that way towards like, what what did they do in the studio when they were making the thing that they wanted to make? I think he'll be surprised with how many live tracks we've come up with here, but I'll stand by this as a live album. Waiting for Columbus. feels live the way Bill would like it, but also it doesn't seem to compromise a lot of what I feel like you would lose if you didn't have a studio performance. Like, 
I feel like you get a lot of complexity in the rhythm. You get a lot of complexity in all that slide guitar stuff, all those horns. It's wonderful. Yes, I, I would totally agree with you. I tend to think, why would we pick something live? I agree with you 100%. What happened in the studio? Would they put it together in the studio? Why pick the live? But this album, it's like part of the catalog in such an important way. Yeah, I agree. We always did agree on most things, Chris. Yeah, we did agree on a lot. Was those other punks we hung out with, man, and were so disagreeable. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bill Payne, this piano player, man, this dude is a world-class pianist. Arguably, I would say, you know, the best rock and roll piano player ever. Wow. That's going on record, dude. I'd back that. He's changed keys here. So it breaks down, he's got a little piano solo, and then the the horns come in and they have the little Dixieland horn breakout with the Tower of Power guys. Here they come. Chicago people, not New Orleans people. Did I have that wrong? They're LA people. Okay. Those sound like New Orleans people. Now we're going to come back to the next verse. And Richie Hayward, man, that guy was a gem of a drummer. You know, he had a lot of big career with Little Feet, but then he went on to play with Robert Plant. Amazing drummer. I think they're back in the key. Yeah, this is gonna this this is gonna work its way into the next tune. And this is kinda where they got their jam band. Would you call them a jam band? I mean Well so it wasn't a thing back then. It wasn't a thing back then, except for the Grateful Dead. Right. But uh, I think now people can look back and think that Little Feet was doing a jam band type thing. I've heard people say Pink Floyd is a jam band. And I'm like, that's the most studio band of the yeah. era. Like, it's definitely, I mean, they improvised a lot in the studio, but like, song form was never improvised. No, that's right. I think the whole song is that one lick. Sung and doubled on the slide. All right, I think that's a good call, Chris. Uh, okay, I get backing. All right, Chris, so this would be where I asked if it's decided for Little Feet. So are you, you're really gonna go with the live version of Dixie Chicken as their very best song? You can choose anything at this point. <laughs> you can. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. 
but I'm just saying you're not agreeing with it. You you said you backed it, no. but you're not sure. I mean, my I I would have gone with either Rollo Mezi or Willen, but well, okay. If I had to, no, if, no, if, no. If, yeah, no, I don't want to talk you out to, of it. If I had to go very best, I would just reverse my order, and I would say if I had to pick one song to turn somebody onto Little Feet that it was their very best, it would be Rock and Roll Doctor. Okay, which was my first pick. All right, I'm going to go for that, but that's not all. You also have to proclaim the very best album. I have to proclaim the very best album. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, boy. I've got an opinion, but I don't want to cloud your opinion. I know what you're... I think I know what you'd pick was their best record. I'm just trying to find a... I'll find a reason to not say the obvious to me. Their standout record is Waiting for Columbus. Okay. I declare. Okay. It's an amazing product. Everything is on there. That's a first for this podcast to have a live album be their very best. And Bill will be overjoyed by that. And I won't refute it because it's got a lot of the great songs and great performances of those yes. great songs, even if of uncertain provenance. Okay, so it has been decided. It has so been declared <laughs> by me. So the very besties, they have to get in touch. They could follow us on Instagram. They can follow us on Facebook. They don't ever use that other platform that we don't talk about anymore. And they all have to go and leave a review. That other platform we don't talk about anymore? Yeah, it's one of the other um, social media platforms recently overtaken by a madman. Uh. So we don't talk about that one anymore. But we do encourage people to send email to contact at theirverybest.com or if you disagree with something, people can send email to wrong at theirverybest.com. <laughs> you know, we sometimes air grievances that way. And dude, I just want to thank you so much for doing this. It's been so long since we've seen each other or hung out at all. I mean, I don't know how many years. I don't even want to talk about how many years. This is a very cool way to bring it together, man. I appreciate it. Right. And, and I've been talking about getting you to come in and do Little Feet for more than a year like the podcast is only a year and change old and from right from the beginning i knew i wanted you to come and do a little feed episode so thanks for for doing that well i'm happy to do it man it's been it's been really fun it's been fun thinking about little feet for the past two weeks what am i going to talk about and uh it's great to connect with you again man it's fun we're going to do more of these episodes so everyone better watch out We'll be back again soon with more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Waldron, and thanks for listening to Their Very Best. Mm-hmm.